Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Flower, back with another On the Water with Dustin White. Dustin, how you doing? Marvin, I just got back from a little uh, jaunt down south for vacation, and so I am recouped and rested and feeling great. How are you? I'm living the dream. So you were keeping it a little hot and salty, weren't you? A little bit, yeah. Did our, our annual uh, jaunt down to Jekyll Island, Georgia, and got to do a little reds fishing, a little tarpon fishing, and uh, uh, yeah, great time, great time with family, great time in the water. So happy and happy and healthy our way. There you go. How was how's reentry been for you? Um, you know, pretty good so far. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, great uh, stuff's uh, firing all cylinders here. So it's just kind of. Right back into the swing of things, had about a half day to, you know, get off the plane, get back into town, unpack a little bit, decompress and, you know, getting right back on the water. Yeah, there you go. And it's interesting. I looked at your weather and like, it's actually going to be like in the seventies where you are, which is like a 20 to 25 degree temperature <laughs> swing, right? Huge temp swing. Yeah. Yeah. We got a, a bit of a cooling trend. I don't trust it to stick around. Uh, anyone that knows Wyoming weather knows, you know, our, uh, our kind of hyperbole cliche is if you don't like the weather wait an hour um it's definitely true here so we'll see how long it sticks around but uh you know uh yeah we uh we've got a a cooling uh front coming in and so that uh actually is going to be really welcome here uh on the waters of the gray reef and downstream it's been a a bit warmer uh water temp so we'll we'll take some cooler temp uh uh for sure yeah and you were telling me too you've got kind of a unique flow situation in all three of your rivers yeah, uh, really, really interesting that all three drainages of the, the trout fisheries we fish of um, both the, the Miracle Mile and the, and the Gray Reef of the North Platte, as well as the Thermopolis stretch of the Bighorn, are all uh, right around uh, 2000 CFS. So uh, that doesn't happen often where all three are basically just about the same uh, low as each other, but uh, that's where we're at right now. Uh, the unique thing, as I kind of alluded to before with the Gray Reef, is um, uh, the intake from the top of the Alcove Dam is what uh, they've been pulling water from. Um, so those water temps have actually been uh, on, on the warmer end of things. And coming out of the the, the warmer weather that we had, um, you know, those water temps, you know, starting the day were in the 60s. And, and, you know, by mid late morning, we're in the mid 60s and definitely in the afternoon, that mid upper stretch. So, uh, our guides, uh, we, we've been trying to uh, exercise some caution and, and encouraging folks, hey, keep a, th- uh, you know, a thermometer with you. Um, take uh, some, you know, be diligent in taking some ongoing uh, readings of the temps in the water. And, and certainly when you start creeping up, you know, north of 65 degrees and getting closer to, to 70, um, you know, please consider just uh, letting those fish be and, and come back earlier in the morning. Uh, it's fish. Early morning fishing has been good. Um, plenty of uh, bugs out in the water, plenty of fish eager to eat. But, uh, you know, as you get closer to that lunch hour, we're asking folks just to be a little more uh, respectful of our, our of our coworkers, so to speak. Yeah, which means uh, get up early and don't eat your lunch until you're off the water, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's a real allocation of uh you know, you know what you do in your day, but um yeah, get up get up get out there a little earlier. Um uh trico hatch has been happening um early in the morning, you know, by uh by the time it's been, you know, 6:30 getting on the water, uh that spinner fall of the trichos has already happened. So those bugs have already been 
uh, up and out and doing their thing. The fish have been uh, chomping on them um, earlier. So, yeah, I encourage folks to get up there a little earlier, uh, call it quits a, a little earlier. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, just just be mindful, be respectful, uh, take care of, uh, of the fish we got there. Um, that's specifically on the gray, gray reef uh, and downstream section. Uh, the mild temps have, you know, of course, anytime you get in this time of year and you get real hot temps, you want to be aware. Um, but uh, the mild has not been uh, in that sort of um, sort of dire straits. Uh, so to speak, uh, it's, uh, with, with water temps, it's, it's been stable. Um, uh, gaming fish was out for a few days, uh, this past week, uh, shocking, uh, to do assessments and just make sure, uh, that the fishery is still healthy and everything's, um, good there. Um, you know, we eagerly await, uh, the report from that. So if folks had been out in the mile and it had been funky for a day or two, uh, this past week, that's why. But um, you know, it should be swinging back around. This fish should be recovering and and ready to get back at it. Yeah, got it. And so, what else have you got going on other than the trico hatch? Yeah, PMDs have been really good. I mean, uh, and honestly, it's kind of take your pick of whatever PMD uh, pattern you want. Most of them have been around that size sixteen to size eighteen uh, size range. But uh, th- I mean, this is PMD PMD season. Um, Caddis. Uh, definitely seeing those now, but, uh, you know, so early in the morning, uh, trichos, as we said, is what you want to, uh, be focusing on, but as the day gets going, uh, PMDs and then, you know, mixing in some caddis here or there, uh, those patterns would, would do pretty well for you. And that's across the board with all three fisheries in all honesty. Yeah. Got it. And, you know, even though we've been talking trout, I have a carp question for you from Seth. Love it. Yeah. So, uh, so Seth wanted to get your thoughts on the best line for fishing for carp and you then to kind of, yeah. And to kind of go with that, you know, kind of your rod preference as well. You know, for, you know, it really depends on fishery on, on what, um, section of water column those fish are feeding at. So for me personally, if I'm going to be subsurface with those fish, I typically am using a nine foot eight weight, uh, in terms of my rods on the surface. <clears throat> and now whether that's, um, uh, you know, we get a cottonseed hatch out here out West, but then we also, uh, get carp really eager to eat on the surface for calabatus and, uh, coronamids, um, you know, some, some bigger, uh, damsel flies, some, some, some bigger, uh, uh, aquatic insects, uh, that would be on the surface, um, those, those, those patterns, you know, I might scale down to a seven weight, just have a slightly more delicate presentation. Um, but, uh, by and large, a seven or eight, a seven or eight weight is going to do fine for you. The line that I love to use, uh, for carp nine times out of 10 is, um, the scientific anglers, uh, grand slam, um, which yes, is typically a, a saltwater line. Uh, but as I tell a ton of folks, um, for all intents and purposes, carp are freshwater redfish. Um, they are so similar in how uh, we approach them, how they behave. Um, you you know, might get more shots with a carp than you would a redfish. Um, but um, and, and yes, the carp might be a little more spooky, a little more particular, a little more demanding of some uh, you know, precision in our presentation. But but for all intents and purposes, there's a ton of similarities between the two. Uh, and so using uh, the SA Grand Slam line floating um, does well for us. 
at t- times I'll use a, um, you know, uh, intermediate sink tip. Um, if, if those fish are hanging real, real low in the water column. Um, but other than that, I'm using a floating line that the grand slam line is really, really great. Uh, and that's both for, um, traditional kind of slow stripping, you know, crustacean patterns, um, as well as those, um, surface or just barely subsurface eats that we would see with, uh, coronamids, um, uh, calabatus, uh, damsel flies. Um, also that, that, that cottonseed hatch we talked about, uh, and that's something I've also used, you know, back East too. Um, when we get the, our mulberry hatch and folks, uh, fish for carp in the kind of Midwest States where they'll come up and eat mulberries, uh, same sort of thing there. Uh, got it. And I would imagine, um, I'm not familiar with that grand sand line, but I would imagine if it's for redfish, it's probably one, a, tr- a tropical line, so it takes the heat better, but it's probably got like a really short, aggressive front taper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns over really well. Um, what we we love to use out this way, um, you know, two tandem flies. Um, so we'll run, um, you know, it might be, you know, a tur- tarantula uh, to mimic some of those uh, surface insects that they're fishing and run dropper off of it or even just running two different crustacean patterns right off the back. And so it really does a great job of turning over. Um, they're not overly heavy flies in and of themselves, but when you're running two of those, um, t- you know, one off tagging and off the other, it really does turn them both over really, really well. Um, and enables you to kind of shoot some line out there with minimal false cast. Cause you know, the, when you find those tailing carp, um, you know, it's, it's get that cast in real quick. Um, but, uh, without a ton of aggressive false casts where that movement might spook that fish. Yeah. It's always funny. It reminds me of bone fishing and you're like at 10 and then you like your false cast. He's like, now they're at noon. And now they're at two o'clock and now they're gone. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, we can, we can find that with carp, uh, honestly, uh, quite a bit. Uh, we, we jokingly and lovingly call them golden bones. Um, but you know, you find some of those that are, that are cruising and you know, you're, you're setting your client up at, you know, okay, we got them at 45 feet on a clock. Oh, now they're at, you know, I mean, exactly what you said. Now they're at noon and now, now it's gone. Um, you know, we really love to find is those fish that are, you know, tailing in that, uh, in that grass on those flats and, and they're kind of just gorging themselves and without too much of a care in the world and not really paying attention to anything else. Those are the ones you really want to find, but that's not the norm. You know, a lot of times it's those very, very slow cruising, uh, carp and, um, it, and we always say they're carp. So, you know, they've, they've got a little bit of mind their own. You can never really peg them down or try to predict, uh, uh, what way they're cruising or not, uh, they can, they can humble you real quick. So having a line like that, that can, uh, get it out, uh, shoot some line with some minimal false cast and it gets you a good presentation is, is always great. Yeah. Well, there you go. And you know, folks, we love questions on the articulate fly. You can email them to us or you can DM us on social media, whatever is easiest for you. And if we use your question, I will send you some articulate fly swag and then we're going to enter a drawing uh, for a half a day with Dustin at the end of the season. And uh, Dustin, before I let you continue your post-vacation re-entry, you want to let folks know where they can find you so they can book you and fish with you? <laughs> yeah, I proudly guide for the Ugly Bug Crazy Rainbow Fly Fishing out here in Casper, Wyoming. Our number is area code 307-234-6905. Uh, folks can also find me on Instagram at Dustin James White. Uh, well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. 
Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Dustin. Tight lines, Marvin. Thanks so much.